Broadcasting live from the Indiana Physical Therapy Studios. This is Sports Central. WKJG AM Fort Wayne. ESPN Radio 1380 and 100.9 FM. The following is a special presentation of high school sports. It's the High School Coaches Show. Here's your host, Justin Kenny. It's week nine, everybody. Welcome in, everyone, to the ESPN Coaches Show presented by Crumbach Chevrolet. I'm Justin Kenny. D.C. Hendricks producing. Final regular season week of the sea of the year as we approach Friday night and and so many people say man it's it's gone by super fast i feel like it's normal dc i don't know about you i just did it fly by for you? It yes, just, it definitely flew did by, it? to be quite honest with you. Yeah. you just, just yesterday, I was making fun of you walking by me at Media Day, and now we're approaching the last week. And now weird. you're making fun of me in the, uh, yeah, nothing, in the I studio. Mean, I mean, some things change, change but yeah. some things haven't changed. The locale changes, That's right. but how you treat me on a daily basis. And the guy, and the first no. guest as well. I don't treat either of you guys right now. Now you're? Pretty mean. Yeah, you are pretty mean to us. But uh, just a couple seconds, we'll be joined by the aforementioned Dan Vance, the one that also is target of ridicule by D.C. <laughs> Hendricks. Uh, Andy Thomas of the Angola Hornets will join us uh, about 6.15. We'll talk some Angola football. Uh, the Hornets, winners of four straight entering the final week of the season. Uh, they have an uh, uh, interesting game coming up on Friday. Jared Souter, bottom of the hour. Leo Lyons. Probably the biggest game of the week is between Leo and Calb. Both seven and one entering week nine. So probably the premier game on the schedule in week nine. So we'll talk to Coach Souter about his team. And then Jason Dorfler will wrap it up, head coach of the Northrop Bruins. And we struggle to get Fort Wayne Community Schools coaches on because they don't get out of school until late. So they practice later than everybody else. So we're going to have to thank Jason Dorfler for uh, scrambling and coming on with us because not often are we able to get a uh, Fort Wayne Community head coach on on the show. So that's going to be the show until 7 o'clock, talking area high school football. And uh, wrapping up the regular season this week, there's a lot to talk about from last Friday to this Friday to sectional draw that came out on Sunday. Let's talk all about it with our first guest, Dan Vance, outside the huddle.net, joins us. Dan, what's going on, my man? Oh, not much, man. I'm, I'm ready to get into the postseason now. You, uh, you, I'm sure, have felt like this took forever because you're a basketball guy, so you just want to get through football. Well, I, I, I'm actually going to agree uh, with DC. I think it flew by. I feel like basketball season just kind of came out of nowhere all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're already what, counting down the top 50 at outside the huddle.net, aren't you? Yeah, top 50, and we're uh, not too far away from, about a week away from starting our uh, girls' basketball previews, media day for girls' basketball and boys' basketball this Thursday. So uh, basketball is here, even though football and, and volleyball that a lot of the girls are playing aren't quite over yet. Yeah, still plenty to talk about, particularly on the football field. And, and Dan, we were both out last uh, last Friday night. Uh, you took in some Snyder and Bishop to Wanger, a 14-7 game. What did you see out there that you uh, took out of that game with two power programs looking to make an impact come playoff time? 
saw a lot of really good defense out there last week. And it's funny because all 21 of the points were scored in the first half, but I think it's possible that the best defense was played in the first half. Uh, teams really forced themselves into uncomfortable situations, uh, forced each other into uncomfortable situations. And uh, I think we saw two really good football teams. Uh, it, it leaves. We left out last week. You know, we kind of could have felt empty going into the postseason, but we leave with two teams that uh, I'm confident in, and Dwinger as I have ever been in 5A right now. And you watch Snyder in that loss, and I'm confident in how they can do uh, in that 6A sectional. And, you know, we look at the first matchup with them at Homestead, and you say Homestead's obviously got an uh, easy road, easier road in the rematch. But I would say not so fast because I think Snyder played very good football, uh, limited what Dwinger could do except for a couple of uh, big plays that set up some of their uh, some of their winning in the trenches, which we expect Dwinger to do. But they didn't weren't able to have their way with Snyder. I think that was impressive with Snyder's defense. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that 14-7 final score. Was it more a credit to the Dwinger defense, or should we be a little concerned about the Snyder offense entering the playoffs? I think it's a credit to the Dwinger defense. Anybody who says anything about last week didn't have anything to do with the weather. Uh, it's crazy. It was uh, frigid out there, consistent, yes. hard rain, hard winds. For Snyder, a team that likes to throw the ball as much as they do and mix it up, it obviously had its effects. So I'm going to give Dwinger's defense credit, but I don't think that Snyder was able to get going the way they wanted to. Uh, it was wet, it was rainy, it was cold. John Barnes Jr.'s hands had to have been freezing out there. So the weather played a role last week, not that it's an excuse for any team, uh, but I don't think that there's any cause for concern with Snyder. We uh, need to give congratulations to the Homestead Spartans, 8-0. They win the victory bell regardless of what happens uh, coming up on Friday in Week 9. It was a conversation entering the season that, hey, we got Homestead and Dwenger and Snyder kind of at the top of the conference. Throw them in a bag, pick one out. Here we are with those top three in the three spots atop the SAC. But what was the difference for Homestead to go eight and zero and nine and zero, if they can beat, uh, if they can win a game this week uh, against uh, was the Southside, I think they have at home. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, well. it, it, what was the difference between Homestead winning the Bell as opposed to Dewanger or Snyder? Well, I think there's two things, and, and we've talked all year about their depth, uh, and we continue to see it. Braden Hardwick out for them. Ryan Burton comes in. This is a kid who has started varsity and played varsity. Uh, for all four years as a safety and primarily a defender comes in and has a great game carrying the ball over 100 yards rushing uh, hasn't carried a football in a football game since eighth grade and it just shows you the depth they have and we've talked about that all year they're able to uh, step up somebody gets hurt they've had a couple injuries cam rogers hasn't been healthy uh, luke goody went down in the game uh, brayden hardwick now being injured they've able, been able to have the next guy step up but I want to give a lot of credit to just their will. This was a team that just wanted to be the team that broke through for Homestead and won an SAC title, and they said that from day one. It was a major goal. Uh, Coach Chad Zolman told me a couple of weeks ago that this team has kept that in the forefront from the beginning, not a, this is our goal, let's try to accomplish it. Every day of practice, their goal was to win the victory belt, uh, and, and they willed themselves to it just as much as they got there based on their talent. 
Speaking of conference champions, South Adams wrapped up at least a share of their first ACAC championship in 26 years since 1993. That was a stretch where they won four straight from uh, 90 to 93. But, uh, Dan, we, you mentioned earlier about the weather. Uh, was it a factor out at Woodland last week when it was a scoreless game? South Adams ends up winning that game 15 to nothing. Should we take anything out of that and be concerned about the Starfires? Or is it more of a perfect teaching moment for Grant Mosier trying to fire up his team that seemingly has dispatched teams with ease week after week? Yeah, I think it's a great teaching moment. And I think that, uh, again, it's a, a combination like with the Snyder and Bishop Dwinger game where there were two things in play there. Weather obviously played a role when, when James Arnold, you know, the record-setting quarterback, is not able to throw the ball consistently. That was difficult for everybody around the area, with the exception of Bailey Parker and East Noble. Uh, but everybody else had trouble throwing the ball. And so that played a big role into it. But again, that next-man-up mentality, and Christian Somerset just goes ahead and breaks the school record for rushing yards in a game. And you got to remember, he's their number two running back. Nick Stuber has fought off some injuries all year, so he's only playing defense right now. So, you know, it's good for them. It's a good teaching moment to stay close. Woodland is a team that's always going to be feisty. Um, this is the first time that we've seen a complete Woodland team all year long. Ben Reedy returned at quarterback. They're still nursing an injury, not 100%. Uh, David Bischoff is back. He didn't play the first several weeks. They've been injured, um, and they are finally 100% healthy. So I think a little bit of it, you got to give credit to Woodland. But, yeah, the rain played a role, um, and it's good for South Adams. you got to face a little bit of adversity. You don't really want to run into the playoffs uh, just running by everybody, I don't think. He is Dan Vance of Outside the Huddle.net joining us here on the ESPN Coaches Show presented by Crumback Chevrolet. Dan, we had the sectional draw last Sunday. We sat through two hours of, uh, of a lot of talk and a lot of uh, discussion on who was playing who. Uh, well, let's start with East Noble in sectional 19. And it's a sectional that you look at and say they should be the decided favorite. You have two other teams in there with one loss, happen to be DeKalb and Leo. Both of those teams' one loss was to East Noble. Maybe throw in a three-loss Northwood team as a team that could challenge. But this is a program in East Noble that has not won a sectional championship since 2003. So I know a lot of people are thinking uh, and talking about this team potentially having a shot to win a 4A title or at least go deep into playoffs. But, man, they got to wrap up a sectional first, very winnable, but also some really competitive teams in there as well. Yeah, it's an incredibly winnable sectional, but yeah, I think from top to bottom, that might want to be, be one of the more interesting sectionals. You look at it outside of Wawa Sea and really Northridge, and you got six teams that I think that can make an argument to compete. Columbia City sitting at 4-4, four and four, but this is not a slouch of a Columbia City team by any stretch. Uh, Angola at 4-4, four and four, but obviously they've had a big bounce back from their slow start. I think the Angola-Leo game is interesting. They played in Week 2. Leo handled that game pretty easily, but a lot changes throughout the season, and we've seen that with Angola uh, all season long on how they've been able to improve, uh, get these guys who weren't as experienced ready. And so it's a whole different ball game. If East Noble plays DeKalb again, it's going to be different. Uh, if they play Leo again, it's going to be different. Uh, Angola is a different team. I think it's probably one of the most intriguing, if not the most intriguing, sectional uh, going into week one. 
I think another one that jumped out to me, Class 2A, Sectional 35. You have Bluffton sitting there 6-2, and two, East Side 6-2. and two. You're the aforementioned Woodland at 3-5. and five. And, oh, Bishop Lewer is sitting there at 2-6. and six, That a lot of people say, well, once they get into the sectional, they'll be okay. But I think there's a couple teams that we mentioned in Sectional 35 that could very well be better than Bishop Lewer's. Yeah, and you and I talked about this a couple weeks ago. It comes down to health, and Bishop Lewers is finally getting healthy. you got some guys back that have been out of the lineup, uh, but Bluffton is healthy after they had a couple of minor things. Woodland being healthy again. It's a really interesting one because you got to look at it at the end of the day. Uh, that's one where coaching may come in big into play, and you have some very good coaches uh, out there that know what they're doing, some long-tenured coaches, uh, some younger guys who are – uh, really energetic about what they're doing and happy with their programs. It's going to be an interesting one. I think that obviously, if you're bluffed and you have to be happy about that draw, you know, with with an 0 and 8 Whitco, a 1 and 7 Prairie Heights, a 4 and 4 Fairfield on your side of the bracket. Um, but it's a one where you could see four possible teams coming out of there, I think. We kick off sectional play a week from Friday for for classes one through four. Class five and six will wait till Friday, November first to start. And I think uh, a, a lot of intrigue with Bishop DeWanger and Northside that rematch at North with the way the Legends are playing. But let's talk Carroll and Snyder. So many people want to talk about that Snyder Homestead rematch. Carroll only loses to Snyder by one point. Comes down to a blocked extra point. So round two, Carroll going to Spuller to take on Snyder to open in the postseason in sectional three could we should we expect another very close game between those two teams i think you're going to expect another close game i I think it comes down in a lot of ways to uh health uh carol did not play many of their usual starters last week uh in, in their win so they're going to be rested but it comes down again to don't be too rested. Don't get at too much out of the flow. Obviously, those guys will probably be back in the rotation a little bit this week against Wayne. But again, against the 0-8 team, they're not going to be. So you got to find that good balance of your Carroll where you need to have momentum with your key guys, your starters, your Jeffrey Beckers, uh, and, and those guys. But at the same time, you don't want to be get hurt. Uh, and that's a big thing about this Friday. With nothing on the line in the SAC, how many teams play their normal guys? How many? How do you balance that momentum versus playing it safe? Uh, I think that's going to be really interesting when it comes to that game. Who can come in the healthiest? Uh, I expect another really good shootout in game uh, between Snyder and Carroll. Dan, before we let you- our power pull up today, um, top ten teams in the area. So obviously, the last hmm. one of the regular season. I wonder who's Got number a really one. Interesting coaches corner from Kevin Mers, who writes for us every week. Uh, given five reasons why Homestead's offense is so lethal, and that's something you and I have talked about, uh, and, and how well they've played. Obviously, we're in the middle of our countdowns for our uh, top 50 boys and girls. So, had number 25 for the girls today. That's kind of flown by. And Tiana White from Northrop, number 43 of the boys, and Carol's Ray Volmer, uh, who's a big part of that Carol football team as well. So, those are going on. And then come Monday, we'll start breaking down the sectionals next week, and we'll have uh, classes 1A and 2A on Monday. Class 3A on Tuesday, Class 4A on Wednesday next week. Break all those down, and then you have to wait another week for 5 and 6A before they start playing. Blog going on. Follow it all at OutsideTheHuddle.net through the rest of football season and basketball season as well. Dan, always a pleasure. We'll catch up to you next week. Sounds good. Thanks, guys.
That was Dan Vance of OutsideTheHuddle.net joining us to kick off the show as he does each and every week, bringing in some uh, insight to uh, week eight, week nine, and also looking ahead to the postseason. And, you know, a lot of people always debate this time of year whether they should see the sectional, whether we shouldn't see the sectional. I think it was it was very balanced in terms of the matchups. We got some early matchups that could decide sectionals. Other will be later on. Of course, we wait an extra week for 5A and 6A. So um, I'm not as much a, a for football seeding in the sectional as I am for basketball. And that's a topic for another day. But I don't I don't uh, I don't dislike the fact that uh, we don't have seeding in football, that's for sure. But I know other people uh, have differing opinions on that. We're going to take a break. Come back. Coach Andy Thomas and Gola Hornets will join us. This is the ESPN Coaches Show, presented by Crumback Chevrolet on ESPN Radio 1380 and 100.9 FM. Now back to the High School Coaches Show with Justin Kenny on ESPN Radio 1380 and 100.9 FM. Welcome back, everyone, to the Week 9 edition of the ESPN Coaches Show, presented by Crumback Chevrolet. I'm Justin Kenny here with D.C. Hendricks. D.C., do I still smell like onions? Yes, it smells like really? It's, t- it's terrible. I'm sorry, I was King Euros. It's one of those things where you can smell it, and you're like... It's pretty disgusting. I don't know if anybody else can smell it. Tyrone smells it's, like onions. It's pretty pungent in here. And I didn't even eat the majority of the onions on the G- on the Euro. It smells like you bathed in it and used, used it as body wash. I did not. Now, I don't have any proof of that. You're just going to have to believe me. But I did not do that. But uh, I'll steer clear of King Euros from now on when I'm coming out here. Um, I don't often eat there. I don't know how pungent the uh, the onions were, but it's, it smells in here. It smells onions. So only about 45 or so minutes more, DC, then you're out of here. Uh, thanks to Dan Vance before the break coming on of OutsideTheHuddle.net, breaking down uh, some Week 9 action, also some postseason predictions, uh, looking at the uh, sectional draw. You know, one team that... Um, I don't want to say it was an afterthought earlier in the year, but we kind of said, well, Angola, two straight undefeated seasons. What are they going to do for an encore? And they come out against a very difficult schedule and start 0-4. And we say, okay, well, it's just, you know, a rebuilding year for Angola. Second half of the year, though, four straight victories going into a road date at Eastside coming up on Friday. So a resurgent Angola Hornets team, and we're going to talk all about it with Coach Andy Thomas, who joins us on the phone right now. Coach, how are you? I'm well. How are you? Not bad, and I'm sure you. I want to say you enjoyed the break of of me not pestering you every week when you were winning games the last two years. But uh, you know, welcome back to the show. It's good to have you. Well, I appreciate it. Thanks for having us, Coach. It's it's almost a, t- a tale of two seasons, at least from the the outsiders' perspective. But take us in to this team week to week, starting off playing a very difficult schedule, losing your first four, now bouncing back to get to 500 and heading into week nine. Yeah, it, it, it was rough early for sure, uh, especially, you know, it's kind of like uh, kids were in shock early when, when uh, we have uh, juniors in our locker room who had, had not been a part uh, of a, a losing uh, season, losing varsity, a regular season game. And, and uh, uh, seniors, uh, the same thing that hadn't hadn't happened since they were freshmen. So um, we kind of were in shock a little bit early, and especially – the way it happened with, with uh, week one, where we had uh, the lead a couple different times, as, as much as uh, I think three touchdowns at one point, and then two scores for a while there, and, and just couldn't hang on, and then uh, had a chance with a two-point conversion to tie it late and just get our hearts torn out. And you know the old saying, you never want to let a team beat you twice, 
as in you, you get so wound up and, and uh, you, you're crushed so much after losing one game that, that it carries over to the next week. And I, and I think that's what happened against Leo. And, and Leo's a great team and the Cowboys a great team. Uh, but I think we were we were still feeling it uh, from week one. And uh, and uh, Leo and they, they got after us right away. Things didn't go well early. Uh, we uh, had problems in the kicking game early. And then uh, they're up 14. We drive it down the field, fumble inside the 10. And they just really got after us up front. And week three, we're playing a, a, a team that's, uh, I think, ranked one or two in, in Michigan uh, right now and hasn't lost yet. A uh, team that's, that's uh, put guys in the pros and, and – uh, and the Division One players on their their, their roster, uh, and then and, you know we kind of felt like okay here we are week four, uh, we're back to a, a more familiar uh, the conference team, uh, and and we knew they were going to be good. We knew it was going to be the best team that they had in a long time, and and again um, we had to lead uh, two different times in that game. Uh, we tie it up right at the halftime, have a chance to take the lead on the next point, can't do it, uh, and then they had a seven point lead, and then an eight point lead at two different times in the third quarter. Uh, and then, uh, and finally just gave it away at the end. So it was just, uh, not only to lose, but, uh, just to, to have our souls crushed two different times and, and then to get beat up a couple times, it, it was rough. But I give our kids credit. They just kept, kept hanging in there and, and we, we got after Lakeland pretty good, but we didn't, we didn't know. I mean, they're, they're a big, big physical team and, uh, we had to prepare and, and, uh, uh we haven't taken anything for granted here in, in these last four weeks and, and uh, in last week, we just had a heck of a victory against a, a quality Garrett team that's struggling, but we knew they were going to come out and, and play their butts off. So, you know, it's, it's, it, you're right. It's been a tale of two seasons. We just we had some soul-crushing defeats in the first four weeks, and our kids could have packed it in, and, and they just wouldn't do it. They're still practicing hard, practicing hard and, and playing hard. Yeah, Coach, I have to say, you know, at 0-4, I can't imagine that locker room because, you know, you're used to winning the last couple of years. So it says a lot about your kids at 0-4 to say, hey, we're not done yet. You know, string together four straight victories. I think that says a lot about some upperclassmen that hadn't experienced a lot of losses in years past. Yeah, yeah, no question. And we, we continue to try to educate them all throughout the process that, you, you get knocked down. You have one choice, and that's it. There's there's, there's zero other choice in the matter. Uh, you got to get up and, and, and dust yourself off and keep fighting. And our kids have done that. Uh, I think we we practiced well for the for the previous three years, four years, and, and really uh, this year was no different. Our kids still run around, and, and uh, we just get a ton ton of reps and, and practice at a high pace and really move around well. Uh, you may, maybe in looking back on it and, and players and coaches, we might have gotten away from a little bit of our, our uh, physicality that we had the, uh, the previous few years, and, and maybe we had to learn a lesson a little bit from that. And, and we've certainly gotten back to, to physical practices here uh, in the last month. So it's you know it, it, it uh, is something that and I don't want to say I don't I don't want to go through four losses, not whatsoever, and that uh, four in a row tough ones like we did. Uh, but you know sometimes we all have a tendency to relax and i'm not saying we did we, we were relaxing but um it's kind of eye-opening that uh you know once we started getting back to really uh having physical uh difficult uh pound uh, practices and getting after each other and, and we've had a little bit of resurgence and, and we're hoping to continue that 
Coach, looking at that offense, you know, Junior Tucker Hasselman was the new quarterback heading into the year. Uh, brother Finley Hasselman was back in the backfield with you, Jacob Gibson as well. How was that offense with that turnover that you had at the skill position, maybe settling in and putting up some some scores? I mean, they weren't bad the first half of the year, but it seems like some of those guys have really settled in here in the second half. Yeah, you know, I mean, you can see it as guys get more experience, they, they gain confidence, uh, and, and, and we had some young guys that are just really coming on. Uh, Finley has some at, at, at fullback and running back. Really gain confidence. He just can, continues to get stronger and faster. He's a tough kid. Uh, Tucker gets more confidence at quarterback and, and, do, and knowing what he's supposed to do in our, in our offense, taking a look at defense, gives him and I was real proud of our, our uh, young guys on offense, like Shriver and other sophomore that, uh, that uh, has gotten better, learned both sides, and that uh, had, a, had a big learning curve, but, but has done a good job. And um, we've, we've had the uh, Antonio, Lovanos, Ryan Brantz, and, you know, they've been around for a while, but, but they've also uh, continued to get to get better. And, and really, we haven't. Uh, uh, we've gone here. We are week nine, uh, maybe. Last week, uh, and I don't even think so. I, we've had guys banged up. It's been one guy here, one guy there, freak accidents, uh, different things. Where we've had guys that have been limited, and, and we're finally here in the last couple weeks, uh, able to get everybody on offense practicing together. Our, our, our guys up front have, have done well, also. But the guys just kept kept working at it and kept believing that we were doing the right things. We didn't panic, and, uh, and uh, we felt like as long as we take care of the ball, that we had a shot at it. And except for last week, in the in the sideways rain and the mud, which I'm sure caused problems for everybody. We've done a good job of, of valuing the football and uh, taking care of the ball. Coach, you wrap up the regular season on the road against the uh, small school division champ of the NECC, Todd Mason, and the Eastside Blazers. A good test for your group heading on the road to face a quality opponent. Oh, yeah, they, they are great. Uh, and they're young. They're young on offense. Uh, good mix on defense. Uh, and, and you can see this coming for a while. They've, they've been good at the lower levels, uh, good, good JV teams. Uh, we, we got our work cut out for us. They, they do a lot of things, running and, and uh, passing. They're doing well. Quarterback's a sophomore, classic uh, playmaking type of kid. When something breaks down, he can run. Uh, and they're really, they're really good on defense. They really run the ball well. Uh, they're putting kids in the right places with what they're doing. On D, they're they're really uh, forcing the issue and uh, and making plays on defense. So there, yeah, that's going to be a huge challenge. Our kids so far this week have been locked in, and, and uh, uh, we're, we're looking forward to it. They're going to they're going to be a great quality opponent. And, and uh, but you know, I know you want to get a win too on Friday. But what do you want to see on Friday, win or lose, to make you feel comfortable going into next week, saying, "Hey, we're in a good spot with that rematch game against Leo to open the postseason." Well, I mean, we we just got to show that we're locked in. But that we've been locked in the last two days as far as having urgency and and contesting everything. That that there's no detail that's too small, uh, no no communication, no no rep, no anything that's too small. Uh, if you and, and again, like like you said, we cannot worry about Leo whatsoever. Uh, we have to be locked in on East Side. We have to play well this Friday, but. Uh, to, to show that we want to continue to be a good football team, which we told our kids even in the first four weeks. <laughs> we kept getting in there on Saturday morning and saying, hey, guys, we can still be a good football team. And uh, they, they, they might have wondered what the heck we were talking about there for a while. But uh, if we want to be as good as we can be, uh, and, and really, we're not a huge big-picture team. We, we just try to take it one day at a time, be as good as we can one day at a time. But 
uh, we have to be locked in on the, the smallest of details uh, and, and have urgency in everything we do. Uh, it has to happen this week in practice, and it, and it has to happen on Friday for us to be as good on Friday for us to be as good as we can be. Coach, always a pleasure. Thanks for taking the time to talk to us. Good luck, luck going to uh, East Side this week and heading into the postseason. We'll catch up with you later. Okay, thanks, Justin. Bye bye. That's Coach Andy Thomas and Gola Hornets. Uh, back-to-back undefeated regular seasons the last two years, and they started off 0-4 this year. And it was uh, it was a struggle. Quality opponents, quality losses to quality opponents. But 0-4 is 0-4, and it was not a a uh, familiar position for Angola through the first four weeks, but they respond. They beat Lakeland, Fairfield, Prairie Heights, and Garrett in the slop last week to get to 4-4. Four and four. They head to Eastside this week, and then they get the Leo Lions to open the postseason, a team that beat them 33-13 to in Week 2. Speaking of the Leo Lions, their head coach, Jared Souter, will join us after the break. You are listening to the ESPN Coaches Show, presented by Crumbach Chevrolet on ESPN Radio 1380 and 100.9 FM. With a score, with a new Chevy from Crumbach Chevrolet, you'll prefer to keep driving. Maybe in the new and redesigned Silverado, the most dependable full-size pickup and best-in-class fuel economy, or the Equinox, with modern design and technology, all packaged into a safe and versatile crossover. Looking for more family space? Then the mid-sized Traverse will get you where you're going in style and comfort. And you can't lose with the Malibu or the all-new Blazer. Score today and find new roads this season with a visit to Crumbach Chevrolet in New Haven. I'm Joe Adams. I'm a pharmacist. I'm also a parent that knows the pain of losing their child to an opiate overdose. We lose 64,000 lives a year due to this epidemic. No one is immune from this. Yes, I attained what I viewed as the highest level that I could reach within my profession. And yes, it it happened to my family. Your pharmacist has a, a huge impact on you uh, as a provider of healthcare information. It's important to have an open line of communication with your pharmacist about safe medication usage, including opioids. The members of the National Association of Boards of Pharmacy focus on ensuring that pharmacies and pharmacists are providing safe medications and patient services for you and your family. I will never see my son again. If you think it can't happen to your family, think again. Learn how to keep you and your loved ones safe at nabp.pharmacy. Ice cream. All the ice cream in my house, in the world, and most of my stuffed animals. My video games and um, my phone. What would you give for your freedom? Would you give your eyesight? Would you give ever seeing the sunset again? Would you give the ability to see your children's future? Thousands of brave men and women who served in the United States Armed Forces have given their eyesight in defense of our freedom. And the Blinded Veterans Association wants to give them their freedom back, but it needs your help. Go to BVA.org to find out about how BVA's free programs and services, advocacy, education, peer support, scholarships, and more help America's heroes to not just deal with the emotional and physical issues of sudden sight loss or impairment, but actually work to get them back to the independent lives they deserve to live. Go to BVA.org to find out how you can make a difference. They fought for your independence. And by going to BVA.org, you can find out how to help these veterans regain theirs. Go to BVA.org today. 
At Children's Cancer Research Fund, we believe a world without childhood cancer is possible, but it takes all of us. And whether it's developing a groundbreaking treatment or helping a girl realize her dream, everyone has a role in a child's cancer journey. People ask me how I keep a smile on my face. It's easy when you have so many great people that take care of you and support you. To find out how you can be a part of a child's cancer journey and a part of the cure, visit childrenscancer.org, a public service message from Children's Cancer Research Fund. Standing up for what's right. Helping out when things go wrong. Raising our voices alone or together. Seeking the truth and speaking our minds. Not just making records, but breaking them. Fighting for victory on the battlefield and on the playing field. Seeing the world through new eyes and the earth from miles above. Redefining beauty, brains, and what it really means to be queen. Making ourselves heard on stage and on screen. Showing the way in Silicon Valley and showing up for others wherever help is needed most. Not just making our mark, but making a difference a job for a Girl Scout. Girl Scouts, preparing girls for a lifetime of leadership. You're listening to The High School Coaches Show with Justin Kenny on ESPN Radio, 138 and 100.9 FM. Welcome back to the Week 9 edition of the ESPN Coaches Show presented by Crumback Chevrolet. You'd think by Week 9 we'd have everything together, but no, D.C. Hendricks is dialing wrong numbers during the break. It's okay. I opened the show with thanks for joining us, everyone, a couple weeks ago. Or that? Yeah. That was bad. I suppose I'll let you slide this time. It's all right. See, it's, it's good-natured ribbing here. DC. I'll let you slide this one time. We just, we just have fun here. It's yeah. loose. Oh, that's what it's you why it smells like onions in here. It smells really bad. <laughs> the more you talk, the worse it gets. That's why I keep talking. I can't, I'm not going to say anything because we're recording a podcast right out of this. I'm going to go into Caleb Hatch's studio, and I'm not going to say anything. I'm going to see how long it takes him to go, you stink. You smell. That's probably him texting me right now saying, can you brush your teeth before you come here? Can you go find some gum? Pretty bad. I've never really eaten at King Euros. I didn't know how lethal it was, but it's apparently pretty bad with the onion, onion breath in here. But uh, thank you to Andy Thomas before the break. Uh, joined us to talk some... High school football, his team four straight w- the wins heading into uh, Friday's game at Eastside. His opponent in two weeks will be a familiar one in the Leo Lions, a team that uh, Angola lost to 33-13 in week two. But before Leo worries about the playoffs, they got a big one coming up in DeKalb County coming up on Friday. 7 o'clock kickoff at DeKalb 7-1 versus 7-1. Jared Souders on the line with us right now to talk all about it. Coach, how are you? Good, Justin. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for coming on, Coach. And uh, while some teams kind of can, you know, can look ahead a little bit, you cannot afford such a thing as you have DeKalb on the road this Friday. You guys ready? Um, I, I hope so. They're, uh, they're a very good football team, well-coached team, and uh, uh, we better be ready because they're a big physical team, and uh, we're going to have to play our absolute best to win. I feel like the last two weeks have been particularly impressive for you. Going to Huntington North is a very improved Vikings team and taking care of business by 47 points. And then Columbia City, quality passing attack, quality offense. You guys limit them to 14 points in a win last week. So playing pretty good football, at least from an outsider's point of view. 
Yeah, we're happy with our kids right now, proud of their effort. Um, you know, I think uh, as um, the season goes on, our, our younger kids are uh, maturing and, and obviously getting better. We, you know, we're playing quite a few sophomores on defense, and um, you know, the things have really started to click for them the past three or four weeks. And um, you know, quarterback Jackson Barber, um, he's he started to um, really look good at, at that position. So, um, you know, real proud of how we played and the, and the effort the kids have put in in practice. And I just think they're showing up on on Friday nights now. When you look at Jackson Barber and, and inserting him into that position full time, was it something where you felt he's ready, or was it something like, "Look, he's going to have to take his lumps at some point. Let's get him in there," and he respond, has responded over the last couple of weeks? Yeah, I, I think I think it was a situation where we thought he, he was ready, but we knew also that um, you know he he was surrounded by a good core group of, of seniors. You know, when you have uh, you know Peyton Wall and Owen Lance in the backfield and some some good upperclassmen linemen up front maybe tend to run the ball a little bit more and, and, and trust that and then let, let him kind of get comfortable um, in the passing game. And I think that, that you know came to fruition against Huntington North where he had uh, 203 yards passing and, and three touchdowns. So we thought he was ready, but we also didn't want to put too too high of expectations on him. And, um, you know, and, and I think that it has allowed him to gain some confidence and to um, you know, start start playing better and and improving each each and every week. Has the ability for Jackson to go vertical helped Peyton Wall find some holes? Um, I think so. I think anytime you can be a little bit more balanced, that, that it helps you. Now, um, you know, with that being said, we didn't, we didn't throw the ball much in that in that monsoon on on Friday night. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, I think we have the ability to, and uh, you know, I think we need. When we can have that balance, we can put some points on the board. So, you know, Jackson's ability to do that can open some things up in the run game for us. And, and so and we look forward to him doing that here in, uh, this week and then continuing on in the playoffs. One part of the, your defense I felt was a strength coming into the year, that linebacker core, guys like G.T. Baker, Michael O'Brien, Gavin James across that middle line uh, that can kind of sneak up or, or drop back. I mean, has that, has that come to fruition in terms of those guys being a strength of that D? Yeah, yeah, they've, I mean, they've done an outstanding job. You know, G.T. Baker, can't say enough about him, just his leadership defensively. Um, you know, we lean on him to help get us lined up uh, every down and, and get the calls in, and um, he just does an outstanding job. He's, he's, he's our leader defensively, and, you know, he's, he's uh, a student of the game, and, you know, a very intelligent player, and so, um, you know, he, he really does a great job in that role, and then guys like Michael Bryan and Gavin James have, have fulfilled that as well and, and are pretty physical linebackers. So uh, we're real happy with them. And, and, and really, we're, uh, we're real happy of, with our defensive line. We thought coming into this year that that might have been a, a weakness for us, but uh, uh, we have found some, some solid defensive linemen in Landon Livingston and Tom Bush at DT and then uh, sophomores Mason Sharon and, and DJ Allen at defensive end. And uh, they've just gotten better and better uh, each and every week. So, um, you know, that, that has really helped our linebackers as they um, kind of command more and more blocks up front. It allows our, our linebackers to run. Yeah, Landon Livingston, a big sophomore for you. Ryland Crawford is a sophomore for you. We mentioned Jackson Barber, a sophomore. We talked to Coach Luke Amstutz about trusting some sophomores on his defense. And, man, we're going to need sophomores to step up big. I remember how immature I was as a sophomore. I'm pretty much still immature, but I can't imagine how I was at 15 years old. But to thrust some of these guys into these positions where you really need them to produce, I mean, is it a scary proposition for you? Are you confident in putting sophomores in there what's the attitude 
Well, I can tell you it's scary the week one. <laughs> sure. You know what I mean? Because um, because you you've only seen them on a freshman field and you're not quite sure you know what they're all about, especially with the speed of the game on a Friday night and the, and the physicality of the game. Um, and, and and then you know sometimes it doesn't it doesn't pan out for you when you see them, but. The ones that we have this year, the sophomores we have playing, have just gotten better each and every week. And um, I think it helps when you have seniors that are our leaders. And so, you know, we have 19 quality seniors that have helped them out. You know, I go back to GT Baker on defense. You know, he's he's helping these sophomores out um, from very early in the season. Um, he's almost like another coach on the field. Uh, and same with Gavin James and. You know, and, and our, our defensive coaches have done an outstanding job just, just working with these guys and giving them the confidence that they need. But when you have seniors that, that bring the underclassmen along with them and, and you know, kind of, uh, you know, in, invite them or, or are inviting to them playing defense and, and, and uh, getting on the field and then seeing that confidence grow, um, you know, I think that's a big deal for them. And, and then by midseason, they, they, they look seasoned and, and they just keep getting better from there coach wanted to ask you about cam livingston he was a kid that well you know the season was cut short last year for you uh, in week two against angola how has he been this year for you uh he's done a great job you know uh, uh cameron plays on on both sides of the ball he plays in our secondary does a great job there and um you know he's uh a, a wide out for us and you know we've, we've been fortunate enough to to really run the ball well this, this year so you know, he might not have a lot of receptions, but um, you know, when when we need him, he's he's there. I know against uh, Huntington North, he had a great game, he had three or four receptions and a and a touchdown. So um, he's a re- reliable target for uh, Jackson, and um, you know, he he is uh, is a kid that we can look to when we absolutely need to uh, get him the ball, and, and and we can we can trust that Cameron's going to do the right thing and make plays for us. Coach, we mentioned that trip to DeKalb coming up on nine. Uh, you see DeKalb play. P. Kemp doing a great job, four straight victories. Their lone loss to East Noble, just like you guys. What do you expect on Friday? Well, we expect a highly physical football game. We really see a lot of similarities between our two uh, ball clubs. Uh, both teams like to run the football. Uh, both teams are, are physical and big up front. Um, and so, you know, we kind of... Uh, we kind of see a, a, a very physical match and, and a game that really is going to be, have to be won in the in the trenches this Friday. Um, and, and the line of scrimmage and who controls that is going to be a huge part of, of this ballgame. Somebody's going to feel pretty good heading into the postseason with the win over a quality opponent on Friday. Will it be Leo? Will it be DeKalb? We'll uh, have to see coming up 7 o'clock kick. Coach, always a pleasure. Thanks a lot. Good luck prepping for the Barons. All right, hey, thanks, Justin. That's Coach Jared Souter, Leo Lyons, joining us. Uh, to talk some Leo Lion football, seven and one, looking to go eight and one uh, at DeKalb on Friday night. Uh, three straight wins for Leo, four straight for DeKalb, both in the uh, in a very very competitive sectional 19. Uh, both have tough uh, tough opponents. With Leo having to take on Angola in week one, uh, DeKalb welcomes Columbia City in week one of the postseason. But before we talk about that. We got week nine, and it's a big game for both teams. Uh, we're going to step out. When we come back, talk to Coach Jason Dorfler, Northrop Bruins, here on the ESPN Coaches Show, presented by Crumback Chevrolet on ESPN Radio 1380, 100.9 FM.
On the field, your team wants to finish every drive with a score. With a new Chevy from Crumbach Chevrolet, you'll prefer to keep driving. Maybe in the new and redesigned Silverado, the most dependable full-size pickup and best-in-class fuel economy. Or the Equinox, with modern design and technology, all packaged into a safe and versatile crossover. Looking for more family space? Then the mid-size Traverse will get you where you're going in style and comfort. And you can't lose with the Malibu or the all-new Blazer. Score today and find new roads this season with a visit to Crumbach Chevrolet in New Haven. The stigma of addiction is destroying lives across the country, preventing our loved ones from getting the help and treatment they desperately need. We are Shatterproof, a national nonprofit organization dedicated to ending the stigma and devastation that addiction causes families. We're changing laws, we're creating a community of support, and we're providing evidence-based resources for prevention, treatment, and recovery. We are working hard every single day to reduce the secrecy and remove the shame of addiction. Stigma shatters lives. Rise up against addiction so another life isn't lost to this disease. Join the Shatterproof movement. Get involved today and learn more at shatterproof.org slash rise up. That's shatterproof.org slash rise up. We've always had villains to face. Bad guys to take down. But you, you are the most horrible of all. We're here because we've had enough of you. One person is not a team. But when we join together, you don't stand a chance. Marvel Studios' Avengers Endgame, MasterCard, and Stand Up to Cancer are joining together today to help take down one of the biggest villains of all, cancer. Join us now at standuptocancer.org slash MasterCard. Seeing the world through new eyes and the earth from miles above. Not just breaking news, but breaking barriers. Now that's a job for a Girl Scout. As an organ donor, your story doesn't have to end. The good in you can live on. In fact, you could save up to eight lives with your gifts. Your heart could keep beating. Your kidneys could keep filtering. And your intestines could keep on digesting for others. And that's not all. You can improve the lives of 50 more people as an eye and tissue donor. Restoring sight and health. And you're not just helping out the person receiving the transplant. You're touching whole families with your life-saving gift. Register in minutes. Just go to organdonor.gov. You'll be happy you did. And just maybe, someone else will be happy too. Sign up today. Go to organdonor.gov. It saves lives. U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Health Resources and Services Administration. Your sports for Fort Wayne, Northern Indiana, Indy, and more. The Pat McAfee Show, weekdays starting at 2, right up to the sports rush at 4. Listen now on the new ESPN Fort Wayne app and on ESPN Radio 1380 and 100.9 FM. Eating, working, living pain-free. These are a few of the things many of us take for granted. Yet for many United States military veterans, finding and affording oral health care is a challenge. Dental Lifeline Network is looking for dentists who can change this. 
Will you volunteer to help people like Richard, a U.S. Naval veteran who suffered severe PTSD after his service? He was left homeless for a period of time, and his oral and overall health are suffering. Because of congressional limitations, the VA can't provide the dental help he needs. Through our Will You See One Vet program, we focus on helping U.S. military veterans like Richard. Now we are seeking more general dentists and specialists to donate treatment to at least one veteran with special needs. When you volunteer with DLN's program to see one vet, we handle the details so you can focus on the care. If you are a dentist or know a dentist, please share this message and help us make a difference in the life of a veteran in need. Visit WillYouSeeOneVet.org to learn more. That's WillYouSeeOneVet.org. Now back to the High School Coaches Show with Justin Kenny on ESPN Radio, 13.8 and 100.9 FM. Welcome back for the final time for the Week 9 edition of the ESPN Coaches Show presented by Crumback Chevrolet where we're efforting Jason Dorfler fresh off the practice field. Hopefully we'll get to talk to him in a couple minutes. Actually, he's not on the practice field. He's actually in the main field. Doesn't have to uh, be on the practice field now with soccer over as well. So uh, field's all his for practice at Spoiler Stadium on the turf. Thank you to uh, Coach Jared Souter before the break for joining us, talking some Leo football. And um, brought up an interesting point with having to trust sophomores on the field and having to thrust them into positions that, man, you're not entirely sure that they're ready for yet until they get out there. And he has a couple kids in Jackson Barber at quarterback and um, and Landon Livingston, a 6'5", 260 lineman, having to put him up there uh, up front to battle. So I guess if you're big or you're big, doesn't really matter the grade, but you still have to you know, understand the nuances of, of blocking and schemes and all that. And, um, uh, you know, Ryland Crawford is another one, um, a wide receiver that uh, that Leo has had to look to. So at some point, every good team needs to trust a couple kids that are either underclassmen or inexperienced or new or whatever. And it, sometimes success and failure comes down to those guys playing. So um, it seems like Leo is getting that where they need it. East, East Noble as well, another a, another prime example of, of sophomores stepping up, particularly on the defensive side of the ball. You know, last Sunday we did have the sectional draw for uh, the state of Indiana for the 47th annual IHSAA football state tournament. It's a blind draw. Everybody makes the playoffs. You know, people will talk about should it be seeded? Should every team make the playoffs? Blah, blah, blah. Um, that's a argument or a discussion for another day, but plenty to talk about with the draw that came out on Saturday. We talked to Dan Vance about it a little bit, but wanted to look uh, at some of the storylines uh, for each class as you look at, you know, Sectional 44, you have Adam Central down there at the bottom of the bracket. You have Southwood at the top of the bracket. Now, Southwood is undefeated. They'll go to Cherubusco to open the postseason. Southwood and Adam Central have played the last three years in the postseason. 2016, it was in the regional. 2017, it was a sectional. 2018, it was in a sectional. And Adam Central has won twice. Southwood won once. So could we get Adam Central Southwood four in the sectional championship game? I don't think Adam Central has a problem with the bottom half. I think Cherubusco could be a thorn in the side for Southwood in the top half. So we'll have to watch that play out because we could get a, another game in uh, what is quickly becoming a Southwood-Adam Central postseason rivalry. Sectional 43. 
South Adams. Uh, they're the only team that's above 500, other than Monroe Central, a team that they already beat this year. And so they'll probably give Monroe Central a second round, but you have to feel pretty good if you're the Starfires. They're open at Tri-Central to start the postseason. We talked about that Class 2A Sectional 35 with Bishop Lures in it that's 2-6, and six, that everybody's kind of pseudo-excited about the Knights once they get in the postseason. And even I've been kind of tooting that horn throughout the year that, hey, they just need to survive and get to the sectional. They get Central Noble to start the, the sectional play at home, and then they'll get either Eastside or Woodland, and neither of those are a guarantee, particularly Eastside, because they would host that second-round game. And uh, I don't think it's completely out of the realm of possibility that Todd Mason's team could clip Bishop Lures. So um, by no means do I think that sectional is Bishop Lures to lose in Class 2A. And you have Bluffton sitting there in the top half of that sectional that could also have something to say about it. Class 3A, you look at sectional 26. Uh, that's where Garrett is. That's where West Noble is. They have to go to a John Glenn team at 3-5 and five that beat South Bend Washington a couple weeks ago. That's 6-2. and two, That's also in this sectional. So that's not an easy game for West Noble at all. Mishawaka Marion, probably the favorite in this sectional. Uh, West Noble probably get Mishawaka at home if they win in the first round. It's going to be a very, very tough game against a traditional power in Marion. Sectional 27 looks like Concordia goes to McConaughey. McConaughey has rushed for over 3,000 yards this year. Now, you can say that their schedule is lacking, but rushing for 3,000 yards is still pretty darn impressive. Six victories is pretty impressive. Concordia on the road at McConaughey in Grant County to open up postseason. That'll be a game that not a lot of people will talk about. Less people will go to in this area, but really will be a score to watch coming up a week from Friday. You look at sectional 19 in Class 4A. That's East Nobles to lose. DeKalb and Leo, yeah, threats, but they've already lost to East Noble. Could an Angola get hot? They're already won four straight. You could make the argument there. Sectional 20 looks like it's Marion's to lose. Uh, Mississinawa at 7-1 and one could be a threat, but I think Marion, Marion has too many athletes. You look at sectional 11 in Class 5A. And Bishop DeWanger and Northside, the rematch at Chambers Field. No Deuce Taylor the first time around in Week 2. Northside kept that game scoreless after the first quarter before Bishop DeWanger got going and ran away with it. Can Northside be a bigger threat this time around? Could be. And I think a sneaky, difficult game for Homestead at Noblesville to start the playoffs. I don't think they're going to go to Noblesville and lose. Noblesville is 1-7. But you got to get on a bus. It's a long road trip. You play a team that plays in arguably the third best conference in the state, the Hoosier Crossroads. They're playing teams like Fishers and teams like that. And it's a quality football team that plays in a very difficult conference. So it's not a an easy game by any means. Homestead's going to win that game, but it's not like you know, if they if they you know go through the motions, it's going to be an easy run. They got to show up. And oh, by the way, Carol Snyder, probably the best first round matchup in sectional play. Remember what happened the first time around at Spooler Stadium? Blocked extra point was the difference. 21-20 win for Snyder. Can Carroll avenge that loss? Can Snyder keep it going and set up that Snyder-Homestead rematch? That will be where all eyes are on Friday, November 1st, after the bye week for 5A and 6A next week when everyone else gets started. That's going to do it for us here. That's a quick rundown of the sectional draw. 
Take a deep breath here, but uh, that's the breakdown. We'll have plenty more to talk about next week as we further break down some of these matchups. We'll also take a look back at Week 9 as well. Thank you to Dan Vance for joining us, Coach Andy Thomas, Angola Hornets, and Jared Souter of the Leo Lions for coming on. D.C. Hendricks, producer, always a pleasure. Always love doing it, man. Oh, yeah, you know it. Even when it smells like onions in there. <laughs> I apologize. I'll smell better next week. All right. For D.C. Hendricks, I'm Justin Kenny. You've been listening to the ESPN Coaches Show, presented by Crumback Chevrolet on ESPN Radio 1380 and 100.9 FM. Podcasts by Federated Media. Podcasts by Federated Media.